It's Thursday, September the 17th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Fed can hold fire through 2023, and Suga takes the mantle. First, the world in brief. America's central bank indicated it would not raise interest rates until inflation had remained above 2% for some time. According to the Federal Reserve's forecasts, this suggests rates are likely to remain close to zero until at least the end of 2023. The Fed reckons that unemployment in America will fall to 7.6% by the end of the year. Its earlier estimate was 9.3%. The current rate is 8.4%. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention detailed its plan to get every American a free COVID-19 vaccine when one becomes available. It expects the jabs to be in limited supply at the start and will therefore immunize key workers first. President Donald Trump has recently touted a vaccine within weeks. The CDC envisions something more like months. America's House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure issued a blistering final report on Boeing's 737 MAX, two of which crashed in rapid succession in 2018-19. The report lamented faulty technical assumptions by Boeing's engineers, a lack of transparency on the part of Boeing's management, and grossly insufficient oversight by the Federal Aviation Administration in Boeing's push to have the plane certified. Snowflake, a maker of database programs, triggered an avalanche as its shares debuted on the New York Stock Exchange. The eight-year-old firm's value piled up from $33 billion to almost $71 billion in the biggest ever flotation of a software firm. Investors seem keen to buy into the future of managing corporate data. Berkshire Hathaway's $735 million stake more than doubled. Belarusian authorities arrested Maria Kolesnikova, a prominent activist, and charged her with undermining national security. Ms. Kolesnikova is one of three women spearheading opposition to Alexander Lukashenko, the country's autocratic president who stole an election last month. Last week, government goons tried to banish her to Ukraine, only to be thwarted when she tore up her passport at the border. Japan's Diet elected Suga Yoshihide as Prime Minister. Earlier this week, he replaced Abe Shinzo as leader of the centre-right Liberal Democratic Party. Mr Abe stepped down in poor health soon after becoming the country's longest-serving Prime Minister. Mr Suga, a chief cabinet secretary with a reputation for diligence, is to serve out the final year of Mr Abe's elected term. And more than half a million Floridians and Alabamians were left without power as Hurricane Sally battered America's Gulf Coast. There was widespread flooding. In some areas, 46 centimetres of rain fell in 24 hours. Sally is the eighth huge storm to hit America this year, making for a particularly devastating hurricane season. Four more are currently brewing in the Atlantic. And now, here's today's agenda. Calling on the neighbours, Mike Pompeo in Latin America. Even more than those of other American presidents, Donald Trump's Latin American policy has been driven by domestic political interests. He wants to be seen to be beating back immigrants and drugs to please his base, and tough on communist Cuba and on Venezuela's dictatorship to appease exiled voters in South Florida.
That is the prism through which to view a three-day swing through Venezuela's neighbors by Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, which starts today. He will drop in on Suriname and Guyana, both with newly elected governments, before moving on to Brazil and Colombia, which backed the Trump administration's successful bid to install one of its own, Mauricio Claver Carone, as head of the Inter-American Development Bank. As well as tackling COVID-19, keeping up the hard line on Venezuela will be on the agenda. Florida, lest anyone forget, is a key swing state in November's presidential election. Antibody of Evidence, a new COVID-19 drug. Eli Lilly, a pharmaceutical company, said yesterday that an experimental drug called LY-CoV-555 has an antiviral effect on COVID-19. A scientific paper is yet to be published and subjected to independent scrutiny, but the drug is from a category of treatments known as monoclonal antibodies that are expected to provide new therapies for COVID-19. The Lilly drug lowered levels of the virus in patients compared with those who were not given it. The study also suggested that those who took the drug were 72% less likely to need hospitalization, but it may be that too few people participated in the study to make this finding statistically significant. Nonetheless, the firm will probably seek some sort of emergency authorization for the drug's use based on these data. Results from a similar type of drug from Regeneron, another pharmaceutical company, are also eagerly anticipated. With luck, the coming months could see new tools to treat COVID-19. Little country, big pain, New Zealand's economy. Data released today showed that New Zealand's GDP shrank by 12.2% between March and June, or 2% year-on-year, proving to no one's surprise that the economy is in a recession. Grant Robertson, the finance minister, suggested the figures were the price the country had paid for saving lives during the pandemic. New Zealand has had enviably few cases of COVID-19 following its strict first lockdown. Business is picking up, but the government expects borders to be closed until 2022. Bad news for a country so dependent on the outside world. Normally, over 14% of its workforce is employed directly or indirectly through tourism. Jobs in hotels and resorts have been retained thanks to wage subsidies, which are now drying up. The Treasury thinks that around 8% of working-aged people will be unemployed by 2022, yet Kiwis are reacting to this prognosis with typical restraint. Few are calling for the government to extend its support to failing businesses. International Stream – Fox News Looks Abroad Fox News is hunting for new viewers abroad. The right-wing network, which holds enormous sway over American conservatives, including President Donald Trump, will today offer direct-to-consumer streaming of its American programming to viewers in Britain, Spain and Germany after introducing it to Mexico last month. But why bring such American-focused content to parts of the world where a Trump-friendly perspective is often none too welcome? CNN, a rival news network, already offers robust international English-language programming, and other media giants have been experimenting with international streaming services. But few similar right-leaning English-language outlets exist abroad. Fox News's gambit appears to be a low-stakes bet that at least some of the two million Americans living in those countries will tune into its increasingly popular coverage. Even if the venture flops, Fox News has plenty of wiggle room. 
It brought in higher advertising revenues in the most recent quarter, despite the pandemic. Scanning the Horizon, the Bank of England Today's meeting of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee is unlikely to see any policy change. The bank is in wait-and-see mode, pondering its next move. The bounce back from the April low in GDP has been relatively rapid, with GDP growing by another 6.6% in July compared with June. The economy has recovered about half of the ground lost by April, but by the end of July was still some 11.7% smaller than in February. As the stock of pent-up demand from the lockdown falls and unemployment rises, the recovery will likely slow in the months ahead. The big question now is how high unemployment will rise as the government scheme to pay the wages of furloughed workers winds down. The bank is relatively optimistic, penciling in a peak of 7.5% from a current level of 4.1%, while the Office for Budget Responsibility, a fiscal watchdog, expects 12%. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mary Stewart, who was born on this day in 1916. The gods love salt. The sweat of human endeavour adds savour to every sacrifice. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.